Hello and welcome to Reading with Carrie, a mindfulness podcast series that can be used as a sleep aid or to ease your anxiety and relieve your stress. I am your host, Carrie Fable, and I am so thankful that you've decided to spend some time with me. This is the second mini-sode. I'm not sure if I'll continue these, um, but I think it can be interesting to get a little nugget of knowledge or an FYI bonus to help along with this podcast. Spoiler alert, I've prepared a few episodes to release together at the premiere of this podcast, so I'm going to be uh, able to spread these mini-episodes every five main episodes, um, and I'm currently writing the third mini-sode, so we'll see if I continue this pattern. One thing I wanted to address is the concept of this podcast. How is listening to a story practicing mindfulness? Well, the short answer is that if you truly pay attention to the moment, the meditation part sorts itself out. Look, I know firsthand how tough it is to practice mindfulness in our daily lives. The hustle and bustle of our calendars, the stressful traffic times, it all makes you just want to go home and be a couch potato until bedtime. At least that's the case for me. And while mindfulness isn't easy, it does take concentration, it isn't completely difficult. Going back to the definition, to be mindful is to simply focus on something specifically the current moment or the activity you're doing right now. To quote Axel from his website, axelg.com slash what dash is dash mindfulness dot html, to be mindful is to be aware of the present moment. So we're said to be mindful whenever we pay close attention to what we're doing. Mindfulness is as soothing for the mind as it is simple. Let your body and mind relax while paying attention to what you're doing. Don't try too hard, which would only make your body and mind tense. Let the awareness flow naturally. Mindfulness at its best is relaxed awareness of the present moment. Only practice for about 10 to 15 minutes each time in the beginning and take a break whenever you sense the mind is becoming sluggish. With practice, you'll be able to be mindful for hours with minimal effort. Practice makes perfect. So as you tune into my podcast, you should be focused on yourself, internally and externally. We do this together at the start with our mindfulness breathing exercises. From there, you should continue to feel that connection with your breathing and body while also listening to the story. If you focus on the language that is used in the stories, what's really being said, as well as what's happening in the story, I think painting the full picture in your mind is a fantastic way to practice mindfulness. It's recommended that one should read at a slower pace to really take it in, so to speak, and I hope I will be able to achieve that for us. Since the stories are never longer than 20 minutes at most, it is easy to stop and reflect on what you have heard at the end of the story kind of prove to yourself that you were really listening. (laughs) So listen to the story and visualize the images I describe while being aware of your breathing, your body, and your surroundings. Let yourself relax, and if you find your mind wandering to worries or to-do lists, gently acknowledge this and refocus in the present moment with me. This is a great practice for real-world events where a bit of mindfulness will help reduce the stress you're feeling in a situation. It's a mental step back to take a passive look at the situation. 
You aren't retreating into a sense of denial and you're not ignoring your emotions. You are simply acknowledging what you are feeling and what is going on in that moment. Of course, there's more to it than that, but I think it's a decent summary for this mini-sode. You've put this podcast on either to relax and get ready for bed or to step away from life's anxiety and allow someone else to lead you to relaxation. Either way, you're here and I once again thank you. Today's story is a little different, which I think is suiting to a minisode. One of my guilty pleasures are famous quotes. One could argue that it's due to the lack of my own ability to think deeply, but I choose to believe it is because I enjoy the introspection and I appreciate the ideas of others. So let's sit a moment with some of these quotes as we would our closing thoughts. To learn to read is to light a fire. Every syllable that is spelled out is a spark. Victor Hugo. I love this one because it's so indicative is that the right word, of this, um, of mindfulness, really. You really can feel the artistry in the language that he uses. A reader lives a thousand lives before he dies. The man who never reads lives only one, George R. R. Martin. I really love the concept. There were quite a few quotes that I could have taken. Um, that one was just very succinct, where when you read, you really do sort of experience what those characters are doing and you can travel to different worlds and different times and it's it's so fascinating and I I really do think we learn a lot from even fun fantasy books I think we can still learn from think before you speak read before you think Fran Libowitz I think this kind of goes back to mindfulness a bit, where you have to acknowledge the moment and your thoughts and your feelings and decide how you want to react. And then also to really understand situations, I think education can really help. Um, And also, you know, even self-help books or talking with therapists. Um, I think just knowing other sides to situations can really help figure out the best course of action. In the case of good books, the point is not to see how many of them you can get through, but rather how many can get through to you. Mortimer J. Adler. That kind of speaks for itself. Um, Again, it's learning and it's truly listening to what is being said um, and the characters. And even though it it might be 100% fictional, you can still learn from it. And I... uh, I truly think that's a a really good statement. I kept always two books in my pocket, one to read, one to write in. Robert Louis Stevenson. I never touched on this in the podcast, but with NBCT, journaling uh, your, your thoughts and everything, you're not supposed to really engage in your thoughts, but acknowledging them on paper is actually a really good way to kind of again, kind of just be mindful and and work through some other issues. Again, it kind of goes beyond mindfulness into the cognitive-based therapy. That's why I don't really touch on that. But having something to write on and with and then something to read, I think, is is really cool too. Um, I think we should all kind of follow that aspect of always have something that is not technology-based too. So you may have tangible wealth untold. Caskets of jewels and coffers of gold. Richer than I, you can never be. I had a mother who read to me. Strickland Jillilin. 
I know touching on family matters can be a triggering point for some of my viewers and listeners, but I really love this idea. And uh, even if you don't have or didn't have um, a mother figure read to you, um, I hope you will consider me reading to you. Um, you can always pick up the stories that I'm reading. I always try to tell you which exact version I'm reading so you can read along, especially if um, I have some young viewers, um, which was one of my original intentions of this podcast, but I'm kind of aiming it at the um, a little bit older audience now. But anyway, that's just a fun fact that uh, snuck in. The man who does not read good books is no better than the man who can't. Mark Twain. I love that, that so often there are some entitled, educated, highly educated people who look down on, let's say, like the homeless or the less educated. And it's like, yeah, you might have, you know, have a cool, fancy degree, but are you actually using it? Are you actually engaging with the world and learning? Or are you just kind of, you know, feeling holier than thou and higher um, up in the status and not actually doing anything with it? And for the record, I do have a bachelor's degree, so I'm not hating on higher education, just the mentality that certain types of people have. No entertainment is so cheap as reading, nor any pleasure so lasting. Mary Wortley Montague. I put that one in here just as a reminder that, you know, sometimes life can get really rough and you don't have a penny to your name. You know, it's it all goes to bills. But luckily we have libraries around uh, that you can you can check things out for free. Or, you know, if you can't do that, a lot of times, um, Amazon, actually, that's how it started, was passing around books. And you can get um, really cheap copies. Um, I know sometimes, like, the Kindle and stuff now are cheaper. So if you already have, like, a tablet, then you can get those for kind of cheap. Um, but I, I always prefer a physical copy. Paperback is usually cheaper than hard copy. So, Outside of a dog, a book is a man's best friend. Inside of a dog, it's too dark to read. Groucho Marx. Um, I just thought this was hilarious and I wanted to share it. <laughs> a children's story that can only be enjoyed by children is not a good children's story in the slightest. C.S. Lewis. And that one I wanted to add because a lot of the stories that I read on this podcast are aimed at children. They're like fairy tales, um, you know, or like short stories. And I just wanted to kind of point out that adults can enjoy those things too. And they're especially good like that because they're not so deep or long. So you can kind of rest in bed or again, practice mindfulness in a short term without like let's call them the chapter books, the, the longer novels and stuff. Of course, as we go on, if there is a huge demand, I don't mind reading an adult book. Um, and by that, I mean, like, you know, something that's aimed, you know, several hundred pages long, that kind of thing. But I really do think that a lot of the children's books and stuff really can help, even if, you know, obviously, the, the morals of the stories and stuff might be outdated or really for younger audiences, but just listening to a story can really calm you down. And sometimes it's just fun to, to hear a good, you know, bedtime story. So some of the mythology ones that I am going to be reading, um, again, are a little bit more adult in nature or uh, language, but I'm trying to keep the podcast 
on a positive. So I will kind of limit anything that has like tragedies and that kind of stuff. So no Oedipus on our podcast. <laughs> if you liked those quotes, I got them all from bookroo.com. That's B-O-O-K-R-O-O.com slash blog slash the dash 100 um, the number not not written out dash best dash quotes dashed about dashed reading <laughs> thank you for listening i welcome you back anytime you need to hear a comforting voice or a familiar bedtime story <laughs>